have you told yourself you can't launch your subscription box yet because it's not perfect? Newsflash, it's never going to be perfect. On this episode, you'll hear how Alexa sat on her subscription box idea for almost six months because it wasn't perfect. But once she realized it didn't have to be, great things happened. Welcome to the Launch Your Box podcast with weekly tips, tricks, and strategies to start, launch, and grow your subscription box. Now, here's your host, Sarah Williams. Hey, everybody. I've got a super fun episode for you today. I'm here with LauncherBox member Alexis, who's talking about progress over perfection. I know a lot of us get tripped up in that, but you're going to hear Alexis's story today, and I know it's going to inspire you to move forward. Alexis, say hi to our listeners. Let them know what is your business? What do you do? What is your box all about? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me. And hey, everyone. Um, I'm Alexis, and I own Purposeful Indulgence, which is a DIY. Um, we have a website. We sell DIY kits and home decor, uh, handmade and designed DIY kits and home decor. And recently, we launched our very first subscription box called Creative Indulgence. And Creative Indulgence is all about the blend between a DIY kit and a trip to the craft store. So you get a little bit of DIY and you get a little bit of build your stash fun tools and embellishments um, that are a surprise. So a definite indulgence for yourself. I love that. So when, when I get your box, like what is actually inside when you say build your stash, do you have like ribbon or tools or what's in there? So every month you get at least one DIY kit and at least five tools. Now, you know, I, I'm known for being a little extra, so I kind of got a packet full, but um, we, so for our first month, we had two DIY kits that we actually just did in a live Facebook group last night together. And then we had all kinds of little goodies that surrounded around the theme of bees. So we had little bees to put on things and coordinating ribbon and fabric and just a little of this and that, that if you had to go to the store and purchase it yourself, you'd spend 200 bucks buying a whole bunch of stuff to make three projects where you have little things to add to a whole bunch of different projects that um, were a surprise to you. And you I don't love have to store all the extras. <laughs> yeah, and I love that because it's not just all the items you need for that one project, but you're giving them things that they can use on lots of different projects, right? Yes. Awesome. Well, I love that. I love your box, but I, I really want to talk with you today. And I know that my listeners are going to hear this from you today, really about the topic of just moving forward. When we get stuck, I know that things in typically in our lives or in our businesses, they feel like they need to be perfect before we can launch them, before we can show somebody, before we can do something. But what I love about your story is how you've overcome that feeling. Let's take them on a little timeline back into your journey. You've been on this journey for a little while now, and I want them to really understand the series of events that happened for you and then where we are today with the subscription box. So let's, let's just take them back on your little timeline. So in December of 2015, when I turned 35, I finally had two little boys that didn't need 
diaper changes and all that stuff anymore. And I was really uh, craving a creative outlet. And I'd always kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit. So um, I, my husband took me to a handmade arcade and uh, from there, Purposeful Indulgence was born in January of 2016. It was like, I was so inspired and I was like, this is what I need to do. And so I started out sewing and I did that mostly for local customers for about three years. And then in August of 2019, we, I pivoted and started offering home decor. And um, then in January of 2020, my husband came on to help with cutting wood and things because I was doing everything myself before. And um, we pivoted again to provide our audience with DIY kits and little, it's always been like, little did I know that the pandemic was coming and that was going to like really work out so well, but it just was like, the business had to feed like my need too. And I, I'm a teacher. I've always, I, I've been a teacher. I was a teacher for 16 years, elementary school and an instructional specialist. So I felt like it only made sense that our products should have a teaching component, like a DIY kit. Um, so we always say, you know, we want to inspire you to be creative and empower you with the DIY kits so that you have the tools that you need. And that happened to really come into play when the pandemic hit and no one could go anywhere. Oh, wait, um, can, can we just back up? Because you said something that really made me laugh. And I just want to repeat it because you said, little did I know this pandemic was coming and was <laughs> to make things awesome for me right like who can say that <laughs> not very many people right I know I know and I like I say every day all the time to anyone who will listen that I might work my buns off <laughs> but I at 40 years old I am living 100% my best life and I am so blessed by something that was you know, not wonderful for so many people, but that truly gave me an opportunity to recognize a need and to fulfill it. And that need was not only providing people with like projects and things to do to fill their time, but to create a community that when people were lonely um, could come together. That, that, that ultimately was the most wonderful thing that came out of it. And what happened was it allowed you, you actually stepped back from your teaching position because you weren't, you weren't teaching at that time. And it gave you more time to work on this business that had been kind of your side business for a while, right? Yes. I was home um, because school had closed and that gave me a little more time just being at home. And then in the fall, I took a leave of absence because my kids' school was still closed and it was my school too. So, um, And then I ended up not returning from the leave of absence because truly uh, the business was to the point where it couldn't be run while I also worked full time. Um, and honestly, it, it was a better financial decision and flexibility life decision for our family. So I, I quote unquote retired from teaching in, in November of 2020. So now you've decided that you wanted to start a subscription box. And was that something that you wanted to do? Like you thought that you should do a subscription box or was that something that they were asking from you? So I had had 
a little um, practice run at a subscription box in 2020. And I didn't know what I didn't know. And I, I was a little in over my head in the fact that I, I couldn't do it all, especially while I was working. So I had like capped that off at like 15 people, didn't tell anybody about it. I had lots of people asking about it though. Like, could, do you have a subscription group and everything? And um, when I came home to work the business full time, I knew that it was, you know, in business, all the coaches tell you, you can't rely on all of your eggs being in one basket. And I needed to put in like more than one stream of revenue. So I had started a membership group in January um, and that was a recurring revenue. It's not a ton, but it was something, a start. Um, and then we naturally, the subscription box was, was what would come next. I wanted to do it because I love the idea of getting to shop for people and put all those fun things in the box and be like, you know, look, look, look how fun this is. Um, like once an elementary school teacher, always an elementary school teacher. So just excuse me. <laughs> but um, it made sense for the fact that this was this was my full time job that I needed to put those things in place. So um, that was a driving force. And that was why I joined La the Launcher Box group um, in October of 2020. And I was one of those that I didn't, I committed for the whole year. I was like, no, I'm going to pay for this all. I'm going to like, that was my make myself do it thing. Cause you know how you sometimes have to talk yourself into things or, or do that motivational thing. And, and so I was like, if I, if I do this, if I jump in with both feet, I have to make something out of this. And you gotta, so, you gotta make your money back. Right. So it was accountability <laughs> factor for you. If I pay for the year of launcher box upfront, it's going to force me to have to make that money back by getting my subscription box going. Right. Absolutely. And so I had some good friends who, who were kind of, um, mentoring me and, and, I really love the the teaching and the Facebook group and seeing the box openings and and um, so finally I was like okay I have to do this and so let, let's back up a little bit so you joined in October and we kind of sat there for a few months thinking about it dreaming about it but not really going in yet and and why is that I know that we talked a little bit about this before we started our interview but. Tell me what those thoughts were that were stopping you. Well, number one thought stopping me was all of the, I almost wanted to do something like needing like a tactile path of, I know I need to have a landing page and I know I need to set up an email list and I know I need to, um, have a wait list and, and be, have all these photos and everything. And I'm very much a fly by the seat of your pants, kind of like, I don't even know what's going to be in this box until I, the box happens. I don't know. Like I, I can't, I guess it's part of the creative process for me that I can't like see that far ahead. So the tech stuff was really tripping me up. And a lot of what's tripping me up just in all is the fact that I am only one person and I recently interviewed to hire um, some help and it wasn't until I started talking to someone and, and telling them what comes out of this place in a given month that I was like, how does that happen? 
how am I doing all of this yeah. myself? How is that happening? So I was kind of held back by the fact that I was like, I know I shouldn't add something else. And then, you know, I just can't, I have no self-control. And I was like, we got to do this. Like, I'm ready. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to launch this box. We took over the second unit in our, in the commercial building we're renting just for the purpose of having a space for subscription boxes. Uh, that was a force there. Like, okay, you just took on more rent. So you better launch this box. Um, and the fact that I knew that the box could bring me recurring revenue that could make me feel better about hiring someone because yes. ultimately it's been probably four or five months that I've needed to hire someone. Mm -hmm. And, um, I know that the energizer bunny eventually runs out of steam mm -hmm. and, uh, that's going to happen if I don't. So, um, that was a really big driving force. Okay. So now we talked about October. Now, fast forward, we're getting ready to launch our box. It's messy. It's not perfect. We don't have all the things done that we think we need to have done. We're just, but you know what you have? And, and this is the thing. You don't have a landing page. You don't have a wait list. You don't have all the things figured out. You don't have all these images ready, but you know what you have that's more powerful than any of those things? You have an audience and anybody that has all of those things would probably give all those things up to have an audience instead. And so that is one of the most powerful things that you can have when you launch a new product, a new offer, a new subscription or anything. So you had the audience, you had people asking you for the subscription, you had the proof of concept that this is what they want. I have the ability to give it to them. I have the people there. I'm just going to give it to them. Forget all the other stuff that Sarah says I need. I'm just going to give it to them. And that was, was that last month that we did this? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of, I had been thinking about the contents of the box for a while, but it wasn't until, yeah, pretty much March that I was like, okay, we're going to just put it out there. And so how did you launch it? Take me through your launch process of kind of pre-launching. How did you seed it with them? And then what were the steps you went through during your launch? So I mentioned the subscription box like here and there when I was live and in my membership group and just kind of like building the buzz, but not like any kind of commitment, you know, like of when it was coming. Oh, it'll be here this spring, you know, and it was always in the back of my mind. Well, then I was nervous about the whole process. So what I did ended up being probably the best marketing aspect of, that I had. Um, I offered DIY virtual workshops in March and I packaged those workshops like they were subscription boxes like so instead of just kits like they all the little things were in like cute paper bags and had a bow on them and you know all the stuff that like our brand I guess is known for um the little extra details so I really put them into um the kits they had inserts and and all the stuff that you would get with a subscription box. And it kind of gave me the process. Like it, it let me practice and think about what I would do for the, the main box. And the process of making so many at once, you know, that was, that was something too, that's totally a learning curve. Um, and they went out and they were like a crazy big hit. And I actually sold out and then had to re like re-offer the party the first month. And then this month, 
I did two more because everyone loved them. But then I also did the subscription box and people were like, they, they were so excited to get their hands on. They had seen what was coming in the workshops um, and knew that it would be just like, good. Mm-hmm. yeah, you could only get the kits in the workshops if you were in the workshop, like they weren't otherwise available on the page. And we talked about how the kits in the subscription box would be exclusive. So they kind of had a taste. And so my whole thinking, and I always have this pro- like habit is, okay, maybe I'll sell 30 boxes. Like, you know, and uh, if I sell 30, I'll be happy. Cause I always, I don't know. I, I don't have the scope for growth understood yet. And so, um, my friend Carol from Be Inspired Market, she said, no, you have to like 51, I really think 100. And I was like, I don't know, Carol. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll order the more stuff and I'll go for 100. So then I got on the page and all I did was, um, all I did was talk about the box and I didn't even have anything in the box. It was empty with the label on the front of it. But they don't need to know that, right? They this didn't is- know. <laughs> yeah. And um, everyone was getting excited and I didn't have an email list set up. I didn't have a landing page, nothing. So I used my text line and I said, if you wanna know when this box is available on our website to purchase, text a bumblebee emoji to um, my text number. And in like two days, I had 180 people on that text list. And I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, I'm going to run out of boxes. And and so it was like, okay, if you can get 50 more, get 50 more. So I'm scrambling, ordering fabric and everything and get 50 more. And so we finally, when we launched, we launched and I closed at 142. 142 on your very first messy, imperfect, I don't have all my stuff together, Sarah, launch. That's what we did with a messy launch. Oh yeah. I love it. Oh, and and I'm so excited because here's what's happening for you. You have been seeding this for a while, right? You've been talking about it for a while. You're giving them a taste of it with your kits. You're giving them a taste of it with your virtual parties. And so they already knew what to expect. They already loved your things. They already loved everything about you. So it was like the next step, the next piece to this business model that you're creating. And so now you've got 142 people signed up for a monthly subscription. And I know sometimes that can feel overwhelming. Like I have to do this again. Um, But what's not going to feel overwhelming is when those payments hit your bank account, because that's going to stabilize your revenue and it's going to keep building month after month after month. And you're going to keep growing and growing. And I know that something in, in your notes that we were talking about was how you might feel that your subscriber thought it was unfinished or imperfect. And I want you to tell me your feelings behind that. Why did you feel like it wasn't perfect? Even when you'd done the test run in March, why did you feel that this box wasn't ready or wasn't perfect yet? Okay. So Sarah, you have kids, right? Yep. Um, I, I have, I engaged my two little boys. They are eight and going to be 12 um, in helping. And a lot of times they will help by building boxes. 
So they were building the subscription boxes. And um, it wasn't until I went to pack them that I, I was looking at the boxes and I'm like, these look like they were already beat up by the post office. Like, what is going on with these boxes? And they were not staying together. And like, they looked like they had been like mushed or something. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, this is, this is my first box. And people are going to look at these and be like, ew, I don't want to another box from her and I I was so I had to put tape on top of them and that was ugly and I I had myself in such a tizzy over what these outside of the box looked like um and I was like well this is it all of this all of this for nothing I've just nothing it's it's gone the boxes are just gonna be well I was I was about 80 boxes in when I realized they built the boxes inside out Oh no. And that's why they looked like mush. So I was looking at the pile and I was like, Alexis, don't do it. Don't do it. Because I thought for a second that I might like to take all those boxes apart that I had just packed and put them together the right way. And then I was like, Grace, you got to give yourself some grace and it's going to be okay. Like my husband's like, it's okay. The post office will beat them up anyways. They'll never even know. Like, okay. So I was really worried about that. And then the boxes were a little larger than the contents, but it was one of those, I didn't know what I didn't know when I was ordering like spatially. Um, So I was worried about stuff shuffling around. Um, Here's my thoughts on all this. We will get in our head over the smallest detail of our boxes. I am the exact same way. You could ask all my employees that um, I'm the exact same way. And I think there's people listening right now that are like, oh my gosh, this is me too. But it doesn't matter what didn't turn out the way you thought it was going to. It doesn't matter what you did or did not have, um, you know, your idea that this would look like or feel or be or whatever the case may be. But what matters, and this is what we, we talk about a lot inside Launcher Box, it, the stuff doesn't matter. It's the experience that you're creating for your subscriber that's all that matters. It's that connection between you and them. And when they open this box, when they feel like they're part of something special, that's going to keep them coming back. It doesn't matter that the boxes were folded inside out. It doesn't matter that there's extra space in there. Any little minute detail that is important to you is not going to be important to them. And I think that you saw this, right? When you, the boxes shipped out, what kind of feedback did you get back? People were really excited. Like um, I did a very simple insert of like how you could share. And um, I had lots of people posting selfies and um, I have, I've received like unboxing videos. I had said like, I'll put something, I'll put an extra surprise in your box next month if you send me an unboxing video. And I thought like, oh, I have something in mind I'm gonna use would have enough of them now because so many people are doing little videos to unbox their um goodies so it's that part of it is like you know you it's almost i i know the process by now that i'm gonna get myself in a tizzy of oh my gosh this is gonna go out and everyone's gonna hate it and no one's gonna buy this or you know i mean when you're a creative i feel like that's like a natural thing when you go to put something out into the world but the positive feedback that we've gotten on the boxes and the excitement and um they can't wait to see what comes next and and really one thing that i learned was that 
I had a certain audience in mind whenever I created the box, but that wasn't necessarily all the audience that bought the box. And so when we were even in the private group last night, um, which is so cool because they get to take all the extras in their box and make things and then share it in the private group and be inspired by each other. And that just like is fuel for creativity, I guess. I, I love that. But I realized that people from all stages and levels of creativity and, and DIY and know-how are part of this. And um, it's it really became so much more than just the subscription box and just the physical stuff. And to me, that's like the most rewarding part of all of it. It's the same for me. And I think that that's why we do this. And I think that's why it's going to continue to drive you to do this. And you're just building this connection with your customer that maybe your one-time customer doesn't get from you because this is now a customer that you're going to get to love on every single month by sending them a box. And they're going to feel deeply connected to you. And you're going to get to know them and feel deeply connected with them too. And it just really solidifies your relationship and it's more than just a sale. And that's really what having a subscription box has been for me and what I know it can be for so many people. But I will also, as much as I love this imperfectness and just going with it, we got to talk about hiring a little bit, Alexis. And I know that you're feeling all the feels right now with that. You just whipped out hundreds of boxes in March for your virtual event. You whipped out another 142 in April for your subscription box. Hey, they're coming back. And you know what? You probably have 50 more people that are going to want in on this too, after they see what, what um, everybody else has. So how do you keep planning growth when you're doing this all by yourself? And, and that's, I want to chat with you about that because I know there's people listening that kind of feel the same way. Like how many can I handle on my own? And can I just do it on my own? Or when should I hire help? And how do I do that? Because that's scary. And it is scary. And I think that the biggest thing that you need to think about is what are the areas that someone can do that they don't need any particular skill to do. So they don't have to be Alexis. They don't have to be Sarah. They don't have to know all the little details. What can someone do? They can fold boxes. They can pack. They can, um, you know, answer customer service DMs on your social media, like all these things. But I think the biggest question that people get is what if I only need them to help me pack how do I hire someone when I don't need them very much? And so what are your concerns when you are looking at possibly hiring someone? What are the fears or the concerns that you have? Um, I think, and this goes back to being a teacher. I think it's the, in my head are the expectations I would have for someone. And I'm, I always have very high expectations, but you know, before I hire someone, because we are, like a legit business and this isn't like I, I'm do I need to have like a handbook do I need to have policies in place you know like all that kind of stuff that I'm like what if I don't have that and then later on I need it and and that again just like the landing pages this is what I, I'm <laughs> hearing that I was 
I was just going to say that. Like, I feel like this is why we put the launch off. Here's what we're not going to do, Alexis. We're not going to wait three or four months to hire someone because we think we have to have an employee handbook. Here's some tips that I would give for you. Cause I was in the same situation when I hired my very first employee and now I have a dozen employees. So when I hired my first employee, I was at the point in my business that I needed help, but I was so new into business. I still really wasn't paying myself a regular paycheck. I was putting a lot of money back into my business as I was making it and I was growing and it was great, but I wasn't giving myself that steady every other week paycheck like I would get from a normal job. So my mindset was, well, why would I give somebody else a steady paycheck when I'm not even paying myself? And so that held me back for a really long time. What happened was I had a complete meltdown one night um, when I could see these Christmas orders that were not going to get done. And there was just no more hours in the day to do them. And I didn't know what else to do. And so my friends were all helping me. We were trying to get it done, but you know what? This wasn't a new problem. It wasn't that I needed someone to help me get through Christmas. I needed someone all the time, but I couldn't see that because it was so deep into my business. So what I did was I hired someone temporarily. I was very nervous about it. Um, I want to like someone that I got to work with all day long. I want to know if they're a good, they have fit for me. Like, am I going to get along with them? Are they going to see things the way I see them? Are they going to be able to do the things the way I want to do them? And so I, I hired someone with 30 day I'm going to hire you for 30 days. So you can hire someone in a temp position. You can make it 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. That gives you an out and it gives them an out. If they're not a right fit, if you're not, if the, you know, then you don't have to go through the firing process. You just hire them as a temporary helper to get you through a season. And then what happened, this was six years ago. She still works for me. My temporary 30-day employee still works for me. She's the head of my um, shipping and receiving department. But what happened was I was able to figure out what her strengths were, what she did best in that 30 days. I was also able to see that what she was able to do for my business, not necessarily doubled it because now I had two people working in the business, but it quadrupled it her, we were able to produce things at such a rapid rate versus me doing all the things all by myself all the time that it, it not only gave her a paycheck, but suddenly I had a paycheck now too, because we were do, doing things times four instead of times two. So I think that hiring someone, and maybe you don't even know what you need them to do right now, but getting someone to say, these are all the things that I do and I need help. And then starting them off with the most urgent thing. What is the most urgent thing that you need done? Showing them your process, doing it with them a few times, letting them do it, letting them make mistakes because they're going to make mistakes. And then teaching them through it, teaching them through the mistakes so that next time we don't have that mistake because that's going to allow you to focus on other things. It's going to allow you to feel less stressed. It's going to allow you to feel great about growing your business, knowing that you have help. And then what happens after this 60 or 90 days is that okay, I need you permanently because you're doing an amazing job. And here, I'm going to teach you something else. And then in four months, we're going to hire someone else too, because now we're going to have 400 subscribers and then it's going to keep building. And then, you know, what happens when you hire that second employee, 
your first employee gets to train them. You don't have to do it anymore. And so they're just going to build off of each other and you're going to become a great team. And then you're not mad at your kids because they folded the box wrong or, you know, my kids pack stuff wrong and, you know, they, they packed it backwards or like, I, I have been there. I have been there. And so now I don't, they do come help, but I'm not relying on them the way I would rely on an employee. I'm like, Hey, I need some, I need some extra help this week. Can you come help mom at the warehouse? And so they come and do things, but it's not stressful for me. And you know, that I have employees that make sure the important things are right. You know what I mean? So those would, that would be my tip for you is to hire someone temp, give them specific jobs, train them, know that they were probably going to make mistakes just to be open to that. Don't give them anything that their mistake is going to cost you a lot of money. So kind of start them off with some other things and just know you're going to grow into this. It's having an employee, you got to grow into that. So it's a growing phase for you and it's a growing phase for them as your employee too. Yes. I think that, that all of that is as I listened to you talk, I thought, you know, I have this running list in my phone of if I got someone to help me, what would I have them do? And so I make a list like I I'm very much I have to justify it to myself, you know, mm -hmm. why can't you do this all yourself, you know, yeah. and um, you shouldn't I, have to, you shouldn't no. have to. And I, I think now I'm now realizing and it wasn't until I brought a few people in to talk about hiring that I realized the magnitude of what goes out of this place in a month and how that can't continue with with where I am like myself I have a friend who helps me a little bit in the evenings um and my husband cuts the wood and uh it's it's not sustainable so no matter how great uh the idea is or the plan or the community or whatever I've built, that can all be amazing. But unless I take your advice, take the leap and get the help, I, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not. And the other great thing that can make you feel good at night is that now you have this reoccurring revenue. You've got the subscription box revenue. You know, that's going to hit your bank account every month and that's going to keep building. So you're going to be able to cover someone's paycheck every single pay period because you have that revenue. You don't have to be in, be fearful that, okay, if I don't sell anything today, I can't cover this person's paycheck. And that's another beauty of having that reoccurring revenue and having that built in is that you can level out those expenses and say, you're, you're justifying it. Cause in your mind, you need to justify those expenses and you, you will. And, and I always love hiring um, someone that doesn't necessarily need the job. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I hire someone that maybe they've been a stay at home mom for a while and now their kids are at school and they want looking for something to kind of fill a need because here's what happens. There are some weeks I don't need them every day. And so, Hey, you want to take Wednesday off? We're, we're good this week. When we're not, when we're not pushing out subscriptions at the end of the month, they can leave early. They can take an extra day off. But then when we have subscriptions, it's all hands on deck. I need everybody here every day. And so the schedule's a little flexible. So I wouldn't necessarily hire someone that was leaving a full-time job to come work for me. That would be scary to me, like being able to feel that. I want to hire someone that doesn't necessarily need a job to cover their bills so that they can be flexible with me. 
um, with the work. And what I love to do is um, I'm, I'm flexible with them. They're flexible with me. Hey, my kid has um, a choir concert at one o'clock today. Can I leave early? Yes, you can leave early. And hey, next week on Thursday, we're going to start packing our subscription boxes. Can you come in early for me that day? And so just using that give and take with them creates a great work environment and it gives you flexibility as an employer too. I like that advice. I, I had even said that to um, one of the ladies that I talked to is a mom like me. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, in the summer, we can look at the weather for the week and say, well, these three days, it's going to rain. So we're going to do like more hours those days. And those two days, it's going to be really nice. So maybe we'll take them off, you know, like, yes, I, I kind of recognize what you're saying that it's really good to have somebody who um, is, is flexible, flexible with you. Yeah. 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 Um, Alexis, I know that there are people listening right now that haven't started their subscription box. They're sitting on the fence. Um, What advice would you give them to get going on your subscription box? Get going on your subscription box, probably. (laughs) Period. Um, (laughs) I think that if you take all of the excitement that you have for wanting to do the box and whatever your um, idea is behind it and and you let that fuel you to make that box come to fruition. Um, whether it's like a launch of a whole bunch or a launch of just a few, just making that first step, I think is, is the biggest was one of the biggest challenges to just, just do it. And then you can recognize all the things that you didn't know you didn't know so that you can make the improvements, like have a growth mindset and um, make the leap, build the box, put it out there and then make corrections if you need to. It's only going to get better no matter what, right? It doesn't have to be perfect. It can be it can be a mess, right? Because you just got to do it. And then Inside you out. Yes. I feel like this is the reoccurring advice that every one of my guests gives. Just do it and figure it out. Alexis, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. I know your story is going to inspire so many people. If they want to come follow you, where can they find you? You can find us on Facebook. We Our page is Purposeful Indulgence. We're on Instagram at Purposeful Indulgence and Pinterest. Um, and we'd love to have you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks Bye, for guys. having me, Sarah. If the idea of creating a subscription box is swirling around in your head, I encourage you to head over to launchyourboxwithsarah.com Get on our wait list and grab some of our free downloads to help you get started. That's launchyourboxwithsarah.com.